Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Hi, I want to welcome you this evening. My name is Angel, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. I believe that God has something, not just for all of you, but something, in fact, for myself as well. But before we begin, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we give you thanks for today, for another day of life, Father, for another day with our friends, with our family with our church. Lord, we thank you that we have the technology available that allows us to come together to learn your word, to be in community, and to become better individuals. Father, as I preach this message, let it be out of your word and out of your truth and not merely from my experiences. Let us have an open heart and open mind. Let us be ready to learn and to be changed. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. See, I remember when we were kids, we were never really taught to monitor our hearts. We were taught to monitor our behavior. See, you remember, if you were acting up at some gathering, it didn't really matter what was going on inside of you or, or if you felt anything, anything. It only mattered that you behaved. See, our parents were mostly concerned that we behaved well. See, because if we behaved properly, then good things happened. But if we behaved improperly, then we were disciplined accordingly. I come from a in a Hispanic household and the way that we were disciplined, well, it goes without saying. But what this taught me is that I modified my behavior in order to avoid pain. And I've been doing that ever since, and I bet that you have too. But see, the issue is that we end up addressing the responses and not so much the source. See, we've learned to master the art of pretending that everything is okay, when many times it isn't. We begin to think that as long as I behave correctly, that as long as on the outside people can see that I'm behaving correctly and that I say all the right things. See, as church, we're, we're taught as long as you say brother, sister, as long as you say, hey, uh, everything is, is okay, I'm, 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 I'm full of joy, then everything actually will be okay, right? This is, in fact, what our childhood taught us. But here's the issue, that as long as you do this, what's really in your heart will be suppressed until eventually it will come out. See, all of your unresolved issues will eventually come out and make their way into your actions, into your character, and into your relationships. Whatever thing is in your heart will, will, will grow if not taken care of, and eventually will come out. See, this evening, my, it's my goal to take a peek at your heart. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18 through 20 says, The things that come out of a person's mouth 
come from the heart. I want to ask you, what comes out of your mouth? Is it gossip? Is it uh, melancholy? Is it just, you know, making fun of other people? See, in Matthew, it continues that out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. See, there are many things that we store up in our hearts. There are many feelings. There are many that, that, that we don't show until they finally come out. But today, today I want to touch one that maybe you weren't expecting, or maybe we don't really talk too much about church, but to, today I want to talk to you about anger. And it seems appropriate because really today, all you have to do is go on social media and go to the comments section. You begin to see anger everywhere. See, so just mention anything about politics or religion and, and anger will eventually come out. Have you ever noticed when, uh, you know, when you mention a name in front of someone and, and that individual gets really passionate about how much they dislike them? They begin to lean in, you know, the, the hairs start spiking up, they, they turn red and they're so passionate and you ask, well, why? And really, we have to understand what anger is. See, anger says that you owe me. Anger says that you owe me. We get angry. Listen to this. Listen. We get angry when we don't get what we want. See, in life, there's transactions. There's transactions between you and yourself. There's transactions between you and God. And there's transactions between you and others. And you get angry when in a transaction, you don't get what you wanted or what you were expecting. And sometimes what we want may even include what we deserve. After all, who doesn't want what they think they deserve, right? Like, I, I remember, you know, this this past Christmas, usually at my job, we get bonuses. And, and I told my wife, I, I think I did really well this year. Uh, I think that the, you know, the quality that I put out at my job has been very good. You know, I'm optimistic. I deserve this much. And I ended up getting a fraction of that. And I remember being upset and I was like, how, how can... How can I be valued like this? I deserve so much more. And so I got angry because I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get what I was expecting. See, think of a time when you were angry. Doesn't it really boil down to this simple idea that you wanted something and you didn't get it? See, I love, I love how intricate this system of transactions is. And, and I really want you this evening to, to understand what I'm saying here, that, that, that life is all about transactions. See, because I want to give this example that not only shows anger, but also, also shows guilt. See, when a father, when a father abandons his family, he, one, feels guilty because he took something from his family. 
whether that be security, income, a role model, traditions, he took something and so he feels guilt. From this transaction came guilt because of his actions. But secondly, the family is angry because he took something from them. And that can be the same thing, security, income, a role model, traditions. See, we like to say, and, and people have written books about it, that to show me an angry person and I'll show you a hurt person. I guarantee you that person is hurt because something was taken from them. Somebody owes them something, even if it's just an apology. See, we hear things like, like, you took my best years. You stole my marriage. You owe me a raise. Kind of my case. You owe me that opportunity. You owe me. And see, here's the danger with anger is that the longer we hold on to it, the longer that our hearts has it, we begin to believe that not just that person who did the offense owes us, but that everyone else owes us as well. You ever met an angry person? It's just angry all the time. Like you can't go in the car with them. I like to say, you know, if you want to really run a test on someone to see if they're an angry person is just go to downtown and have them drive. And you'll eventually see if they're an angry person or not. But I bet you that that person who's angry all the time that it started with the heart. And if you're asking yourself sitting this, this evening and you don't know what side you're on, if you don't know if you're the angry person, just ask those around you. At first, they'll look at you kind of scared, like, is this a test? You know, is, are they trying to get angry with me? But eventually, if they trust you, they'll let you know if you're the angry person. And listen, if you really are that angry person in here, you have a story to tell. Any person with anger in their heart has a legitimate story to tell, a story uh, that explains their anger. Share it. Because I'm going to ask you this very simple question. Is how long are you going to let the people who hurt you control your life? A couple more days? A few more months? Maybe a few more years? Is it really worth your joy and your happiness? See, the thing about building anger is that it just, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone else around you. You begin to push people away because honestly, you're not a very pleasant person to be around with. And the thing is, an angry heart is looking to get paid back. See, again, I mentioned this whole thing about transactions, that life and relationships are about transactions. An angry heart is looking to get paid back because anger says that you owe me. And unfortunately, too many times, it's our family it's our friends, and it's those closest to us who end up having to pay. 
So this evening, I want to help us how to overcome, how to confront anger. Because honestly, it's robbing too many people's joy. And what's most astounding is that it's robbing people's joy inside the church. The place that Christ died for, the place where we're supposed to to be happy in and out. Not just within the, the building, but at home as well. You know, I, I, I wasn't going to do this, but I think it's, it's kind of funny that I sometimes make fun of my father-in-law because he kind of looks angry all the time. He's not, but he kind of does it. And I've told him before to, to kind of look happy, smile. And so the deepest issue with anger is that though it might seem just external, it begins to find its way deep inside of us. So how do we confront anger? We first, we learn to forgive. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32 says, Get rid, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. See, forgiveness is the decision to cancel the debt. Forgiveness is the decision to cancel that debt. See, one of the things that creep up in church and church culture and Christianity is gossip. And see, gossip angers us because when someone gossips about you, they are stealing, stealing of you your good reputation. They're painting you as someone who you're not. And so that that makes you angry. And so you say, they owe me. I'm going to get even. And so now you kind of walk around. You say, hey, did you you hear about so-and-so? They're not doing so good. They might look good, but they're they're not doing so great. And it begins to create chaos because it begins to create a culture where everyone is trying to get back at each other. So forgiveness is about being kind and compassionate. Realizing that this person who has been gossiping about you has a story too. And honestly, let me tell you, any person who takes the time out of their day to talk bad about you has some serious problems. Starting with, say, self-esteem. But see, when you cancel the debt, even though they hurt you, they don't owe you anything. Move on with your life. Are they really worth you being angry all the time? No. There's a story that talks about forgiveness in Scripture. And it's so impactful because it really puts you into perspective and, and it makes you think about things such as empathy. And I want to read it to you out of Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35, starting at verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. 
As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Jesus is telling us to forgive or else. You know, we see this too many times. When a believer accepts Christ or when a believer is forgiven either by God or by another individual and, and they move on. But then when it's their turn to forgive, they become apprehensive. And in fact, you would think that in, 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 the, in, the, in the church culture and, and in the church building and in the church family that we would be the most merciful, the most graceful. But isn't it funny how we have the reputation in the world that we're judgmental, that we're, that we're bigoted, that we're, that we're uh, closed-minded? How, how did that come back to be if we're supposed to be the most forgiving, the most merciful, the most graceful? See, forgiveness is simply a gift from one undeserving soul to another. And so we have to understand that forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. You have to wake up every day and, and decide, I'm, I'm worth so much more. I, I have God with me. He's my strength and my joy. I am choosing to forgive. I'm choosing to cancel the debt. And I won't be angry with that person anymore. So this process of forgiving, there's actually a cycle. There's a process that I want to communicate to you. And that first part of the process is to identify who you're angry with. See, that might seem silly, but check this out. Trying to forget a debt isn't the same as canceling a debt. You have to identify who you're angry with in order to cancel that debt. And maybe you're at a point where, you know, you're just like, I'm just an angry person. I don't even know who offended me at first. Now it's just everyone. That person looks at me and it bugs me. You know, the kid in the back of the church who's 
crying or talking bugs me. If you don't know who you're actually upset with, ask yourself, who do you wish isn't there when you go to a party? You know, you ever text a host and say, who's going to be there? And in your head, you're like, is that person going to be there? If they're there, I don't want to go. Who do you wish ill and, and hope that they don't get that promotion? Or, or when you see them post something on social media, instead of being happy for them, you, you, you tell, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Anybody can do that. Who's the person you get happy for when something unfortunate happens to them? Who do you lurk on? You know, just to check up. The second part of that cycle is you determine what they owe you. Once you've established who owes you, whether that be a, a, a parent who walked out on you or, or a relationship that hurt you or maybe a church who failed you, once you've determined who it is, you determine what they owe you. See, too many people skip this step. We forgive generally, but not specifically. Not only should you answer what that other person did, but what did they take from you? You took, we hear things like, you took my young years. You took my money. You took my goals and my dreams. You took my reputation. See, because if you don't know the amount, you can't cancel the debt. What did they do in order to make you angry. And the next step in the cycle is you cancel the debt. You know what's so interesting about this transaction? Is that you would think that this transaction has to do between you, the offended, and the offender, the person or group of people who hurt you. But in fact, this step doesn't happen between you two. This transaction takes place between you and God, not you and the offending party. See, don't ever go to a person and, and think that this is some type of healing process and say, hey, 13 years ago, you said something about me, but I forgive you now. They'll look at you like, what? Who are you? I don't even know you anymore. See, they'll feel accused and, and might even hurt you some more. The only time when it is appropriate to make this kind of transaction with the person is when they actually ask for your forgiveness. See, that's the problem with, with, with today, with how we are as human beings, is when someone hurts us, we, 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 don't, we first don't communicate the fact that they hurt us, so they, they might not even know, and then we expect them to ask for forgiveness. But that's not always the case. But see, the beautiful thing about God is that you can come to him. You can cry your eyes out. You can't share how much that person or that people group hurt you. You tell God, Father, I, I forgive them because you forgave me. And the final cycle of forgiveness is to dismiss the case. See, the final decision centers on a daily decision not to reopen this case because you've closed it. 
See, we're human. Just because we make the decision to forgive, that doesn't mean you won't feel hurt anymore. We're not robots. But when those memories come up and those feelings begin to stir, see, it's okay to feel them. It's okay to face them. It's okay to feel that way. But once you felt them, you tell yourself, I forgive them and they don't owe me anything. Then you thank your heavenly father for, for giving you the grace and the strength to forgive. See, I, I remember having a, a conversation with someone very close to me. And she said, you know, I, I, I forgave that person a long time ago, but why, why do I still feel this way? And see, it's because we're human. But the more that we daily decide to forgive them and decide to say that they don't owe me a thing, then eventually the feelings follow. See, feelings come and feelings go all the time. Don't make your decisions based on your feelings. Scripture says that the heart is deceitful. Make your decisions based on truth. On the truth that you're a son and daughter of the living God. On the truth that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. On the truth that you're worth everything to the creator of the universe. And that he didn't create you for anger. See, our goal, our goal as, as believers is to spread the good news. Is to spread the gospel. Is to show other people who Jesus is. See, many people, this is the same, that, that many people will only be able to see Jesus because of you. And anger is an impediment to this process. Anger will make us think only about us. Anger will make us into selfish beings. Anger will never allow us to forgive. And see, maybe this evening you're like, yeah, sure, I lose my temper here and there. I might be a little angry. I might, you know, kind of go on my fingers when I disagree with someone, either politically or religiously on Facebook. You know who you are. But the problem is that anger begins to grow if not addressed. You, We weren't put on this earth to be angry. Many times these debts, they just can't be paid back. Maybe the person who hurt you is long gone or you don't know where they're at anymore or, or maybe they're no longer living. You still have to cancel them because your future is much more important than a temporary feeling. Forgive, just as your Father has forgiven you. See, you know, I, I, I grew up from a single uh, parent household, and, and now I'm, I'm close to my parents. But it was very difficult growing up. And, and I, I remember that um, I, one day one of my friends kind of pointed out that I, I was kind of angry all the time. And we, after speaking for some time, I I, I, we came to the conclusion 
that I started to be angry with everyone else when really I was just angry at one individual. And when I decided to choose to forgive and to wake up every day and say, they don't owe me a thing. Not only was I able to experience healing, but a rekindling of that, of that relationship began to happen. Even love began to take place. So if you're here with us this evening and you're struggling with anger, you're struggling with the fact that someone owes you something, that someone owes you an apology, that someone owes you something that they took from you. I want to plead with you and ask you to forgive them. To go through this cycle that we talked about today. To live in freedom and not in shackles of your feelings. To be able to go anywhere to, to, to a party or to, to a certain uh, a page on, on, on social media and without having to be phased. I want to challenge you to be like Jesus. We've all been forgiven. We've all been forgiven for our sins. We've all been forgiven for our mistakes. God is challenging us to do the same. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you may work inside of us. That you may work in our hearts. That you may work on our daily decisions to be better. Father, if there's any one of us that has even a little bit of anger towards someone because of a debt transaction, Lord, we decide today in the name of Jesus to cancel that debt. We decide to live in freedom. We decide to live in joy, in your love, to be graceful and merciful. Father, I ask that we begin to take notice of others around us, and if they're in need, and if they're in, 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 in a position that they need to forgive someone else, Lord, may we be that light to them. May we show them that there is a way to be free. Lord, I thank you for, for day spring and for what you're doing in this church. I pray for the leaders and, and, and for the church as a whole, Lord, as we begin to open up and meet in person, Father, may you move in the midst of your people. In your great, mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations, if you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.